You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to this 2016 pre-season episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me, as always, is... Marcus Henson, how are you, sir? Hey, still got the music. I love that. I'm good. I couldn't take away your intro from you, buddy. I thought that'd be a bit cruel. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, your intro isn't the only special thing about this pre-season show, as for the first time ever, you, our lovely listeners, have voted for our special guests, and we will have them for you later in the show. What about that, Marcus? First time ever. I loved it. Oh, my God. You guys are crazy. We love the support you gave us. You voted that crazy. Absolutely. And Jenny Mack by an absolute landslide. That came out of nowhere. Those New England fans sure know how to vote. Yep, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, we're going to probably do this a bit more, aren't we, throughout the year, just because we loved interacting with you guys. Absolutely, yeah. There may even be a chance later in the year for you to get your questions into the players that we interview. Let's kickstart the proceedings with some LFL news. Brought to you by Deputy Editor of LFL 360, Colton Cole. Here is the news. Good evening and welcome to LFL News. Brought to you by Colton here. And I just want to thank you guys for letting me join the show. No problem. Our pleasure as always, sir. Just want to kind of talk about some of the, the stuff that's transpired during the offseason uh, since we last talked after the All-Fantasy Week. Uh, a lot of big uh, free agent acquisitions, players switching teams. We've got a, a, some notable returning veterans. Kind of want to talk about the quarterback position and the, and the situation with quarterbacks in the league right now. And then uh, figure we'd look at some of the matchups this upcoming season and uh, what we might be able to look forward to uh, with some of the storylines between some of the personnel and, uh, and rivalries. Uh, but yeah, to kick it off, a lot of free agent uh, acquisitions and players switching teams. Kind of the first one that uh, really stands out is three players from the Seattle Mist went to L.A. You've got uh, Lily Granston, Katie Findling, and Megan Hansen all made that move to L.A. They'll certainly be uh, you know contributing factor there for the temptation. And uh, there's some areas that uh, will be missed you know with those three in uh, in Seattle, but you know they've definitely done a lot to bring back some some personnel there. Uh, you also you also have uh, Michelle Angel and Monica Jaramillo, formerly with L.A both going to Dallas. So that's a, a tandem that uh, you saw in about three games this season when Michelle Angel was filling in for Ashley Salerno. So that'll be interesting to see. You might see quite a rivalry there when they play L.A. Yeah. You also had uh, Therese Petrozulo who played a couple games for Seattle last season. Didn't, uh, didn't play in the Legends Cup, played in the uh, Western Conference Finals, but she'll certainly be an upgrade you know, to Atlanta like she would be on almost any team on defense um, and offensively. But along with Petrozulo, Atlanta also picked up Heather Hudson. She should be a factor on both sides of the ball, another playmaker for that offense. And then when you look at the inactive uh, Vegas franchise and and you think about who benefited the most from the athletes going to more teams, you certainly have to say L.A. with uh, their pickup of Cynthia Schmidt. They've got Brittany Henderson, uh, Kia Ramos, uh, just a few of them there that uh, went to L.A. to help bolster that team. Uh, So you see some wide receivers on uh, LA from uh, from Vegas so that's kind of some of the free agent acquisitions Are there any thoughts from you guys on that? Uh, yeah the Michelle Angel one because I know I've said this a few times on the podcast I really think she has the potential to be a great quarterback in the league with the right coaching she, she's got her checks down she just needs to be a bit more confident and just let her go out there and play because I strongly believe she's going to be one of the quarterbacks to watch this year Absolutely and of course being the West is looking like a pretty tough division I mean what better way to sort of what they say in at the deep end 
Yeah, and what's Mogax going to do if she picks off Angel in their game? <laughs> That'll be interesting <laughs> to watch. That's part of the rivalry there. It'll be interesting to see uh, how some of the, the former teammates, like you mentioned there, Colton, react when uh, LA play Dallas. Yeah, certainly it's going to... These, these players switching teams will make the rivalries even richer, so definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah, and then you, you look at some of the notable returning veterans, primarily Sage Steinmetz, former league MVP in 2014, going to be playing for Seattle, joining forces with... You know, familiar teammate uh, of the past and quarterback, K.K. Matheny. So if you look at uh, Coach Michelson's situation there in Seattle, you know, he's got so much talent right now in offense with players like Danica Brace, Stevie Schnorr, Dominique Malloy, uh, wide receivers Bryn Renda, Jessica Hopkins. Uh, and then definitely expect uh, Steinmetz to be, uh, you know, a big part of that offense and get her fair share of touches there in Seattle uh, on the offensive side. And, you know, she'll certainly contribute defensively. So they've got a lot of playmakers, a lot of alpha uh, athletes, and uh, that's going to be an exciting team to watch. Yeah, power and speed all the way. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but Sage Steinmetz is an absolute beast whenever you watch her play. When she's playing on defense or whether she's running with the ball, wherever you put her, um, yeah, she knows how to play and she plays hard. Absolutely, but of course, we saw this last year. I mean, collecting all those athletes in that talent pool, it's got to pay off at some point, so... I'd look to see a big year out of the Alliance team what, with all these acquisitions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're looking at uh, an offense that could put up some crazy numbers and, and just be a dominance and defensively for coordinators across the league. It's going to be tough to prepare and, and think about uh, who might be getting getting the ball on every single play. So definitely look out for that uh, Seattle offense. Kind of want to jump to the quarterback situation in the league. You know, we got eight teams this season. Last year we had six. I just kind of want to point out that with all the talent in the league right now, you know, excited uh, acquisitions and and uh, some of the players uh, returning to the game. Uh, the quarterback position is pretty interesting when you look at it. There's actually a huge lack of veterans at the QB position right now. Uh, you really got just Atlanta, Seattle, and Dallas being the only three teams that currently have a quarterback. Uh, that's started a game at that quarterback position in the L- in the LFL. You've got uh, KK Matheny in Seattle, Dakota Hughes, Atlanta, Michelle Angel, now with Dallas. Other than those three, the five that uh, right now are kind of slated to start for their teams have never started a game at the quarterback position. So that's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to come down to their decision-making skills in the game, how they execute, uh, and the nerves you know that they have. You know, Right now, if you if just kind of look around the league, you've got L.A. Temptation, Katie Findling, she played a little bit of quarterback, didn't, had never started a game, but played a little bit of quarterback in Seattle. So I uh, expect her to have a little bit more uh, confidence, you know, having that full year of playing, especially on the defensive side of the ball, under her belt. In Austin, you've got a rookie, Tayshia Winfrey. Uh, she's tall, got a great strong arm, kind of like uh, all the new quarterbacks is just going to come down to decision-making skills, execution, and handling those nerves. Uh, Chicago, a quarterback there, got the nod from the commissioner uh, this past weekend at the training camp tour. Coaches in Chicago are really excited about their, their prospect and uh, looks to be their starting quarterback, Sarah Finn. So uh, it be exciting to watch her in the Eastern Conference. Omaha, that's definitely an interesting situation there. As we all know, last year, probably the worst team in LFL history. Uh, they had seven different quarterbacks taking snaps uh, and playing the position throughout their uh, six-game season. Uh, you had like Ashley Amick, Jen Holt, Jessica Rip, uh, Nanka Dixon, you know, came in for a couple games. Uh, Heather Hudson, uh, there was a quarterback, Ashley Dickinson, uh, Kayleen Colson. And this year, uh, an athlete who actually played on that team, Lindsey Howell, is getting her uh, starting position there. She's got a great uh, prospect. She also got uh, got the nod from the commissioner 
He's excited about her potential at the position. She's got a real strong arm, played some softball in the past. But it's just kind of interesting to see that uh, maybe it just comes back down to uh, the Omaha staff, the coaching staff last season, just how poor they were. If they had an athlete that's got all this potential that they didn't even start or kind of groom last season. So we'll see uh, what's going on there in Omaha when they play uh, this season. Uh, Then New England Liberty, uh, Alex Drake, quarterback there, definitely another another big rookie on the radar. They're saying uh, she's got some wheels. She's got a strong arm, just like uh, we talked about all the other quarterbacks, just going to come down to how she executes in the game and handling those nerves. Uh, But that's kind of the quarterback position, definitely interesting. I don't know. You guys want to give some thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I kind of liken it back as a new breed. It's like when Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III were drafted in the NFL. You just got that excitement around the new talent we've got, especially with Alex Drake and uh, and Sarah Finn. I mean, those two in particular, I think they're the two that I would probably pick out to look to have big seasons this year. I mean, yeah, I mean, you take any sport, any sport needs to have uh, a continuation process. It's got to be developed. I mean, new athletes are going to come in, which is great because then what you have is you have new household names. You have new opportunities for more women to be inspired and role models for people to look up to. And I think really, uh, as the sport develops, LFO develops, this is going to be great. We're getting our next generation. Yeah, I agree. And in the coaching staffs, you know, they're taking the right uh, steps and and, uh, making sure those quarterbacks can really get the fine skills they need to excel at the position and that's something nice about uh bringing in new athletes that haven't previously uh you know played the game that uh, kind of have those you know different uh, mechanics and stuff so yeah definitely exciting uh, to watch quarterback play this year uh yeah didn't want to jump into some of the matchups you know we might have some barn burners this year like we already talked about the rivalries that's going to be something uh to keep an eye on uh, but uh, week three, kind of the, the big one to start out, you've got Seattle versus L.A., obviously a, a rematch of the Western Conference uh, finals and big rival. I, I think it's something about the ninth or the tenth game they've played against uh, each other for franchises in, in history, maybe close to ten. So uh, what's your guys' thoughts on that game? Uh, well, you've got three returning players in L.A., going back to Seattle. That's going to be interesting because, for me, Megan Hansen, um, one of the best line players in the league, uh, hands down. I mean, you have to watch what she did on defense last year, came up with some big-time fumbles. On offense, I, I don't think I've found any way to fault her blocking. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens when, when her and Lily Granson and Katie uh, go back to Seattle. And uh, what about yourself, Marcus? For me, this is all going to be about not setting the tone for the West, but basically this is really going to sort of come down. I mean, I think a lot of people bank for these two to then go through onto the playoffs for another rematch, but heck, this is going to set a tone, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it sure will, I agree. Yeah, and then uh, a couple weeks later, uh, week five, you got May 7th, a matchup between Dallas and L.A., like we already talked about, the Michelle Angel uh, and Monica Jaramillo going to Dallas, so you've got a little bit of rivalry already there. Um, and then they've had it, Dallas and L.A. has actually had a past rivalry when Dallas desire uh, was playing early on so uh, that'll be uh, the fourth or fifth game that, that those two franchises have played uh, then obviously week six the following week you've got the legends cup rematch between chicago and seattle so the bliss and the mist uh, non-conference game and that's going to be another one to uh, watch for uh, i'm sure you guys will agree oh absolutely i mean it, it was such an electric match um back in the legends cup and i think we've got two very dominant franchises two very proud franchises two very successful franchises one of them has already knocked the other one off its perch could we see uh, a, a, another real settling match for the season absolutely potential game that uh, could be the the legends cup matchup this year you never know 
You don't want to overlook any of the games. You know, they're all going to be exciting to watch. But go to Week 12, you've got L.A. versus Atlanta, another non-conference game. That's a game, you know, two two-story franchises never played each other. And, uh, you know, certainly L.A.'s been in a lot of playoff games, been in the Legends Cup three times, won three times. Uh, then you've got uh, Atlanta. They've, you know, had that Cinderella run. But other than that, they really haven't uh, been too dominant, but a, a team with a lot of potential. This would be a great matchup. I'm excited for that one. That one's going to be physical. If nothing else, that LA-Atlanta game is going to be one of those games that will be uh, one up front, as they say, because they've both got some uh, some hard lines to, to play with. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely going to be a true test to see the uh, strength between two different conferences. Uh, you know, last year, Omaha was such a was such a poor team. You saw Atlanta just put up record numbers against them, but could never get past Chicago. So that's going to be another one to really see and gauge the uh, level of play uh, between the two conferences. Then, you know, week 16, game that some call a rivalry, some don't, because uh, Atlanta's never beaten Chicago, but you've got Atlanta Steam and Chicago Bliss playing in Chicago, a potential playoff uh, game that uh, could be the, the following week as well. Uh, that's going to be another exciting one to look look forward to, just like uh, it always is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, will Atlanta finally be able to beat Chicago? That's the question I think that everyone will be asking. Yeah, and you know, one other game you don't ever want to really look past and something to get excited for. You've got the battle for Texas Bowl. Uh, that's going to be Dallas versus Austin. And uh, that, that's going to be a pretty cool game and hopefully turn into a big rivalry and a big event every season when the two Texas teams face off. And apparently nobody does it bigger than Texas, so it should be a hell of a game. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's kind of my roundup there, guys. You know, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a great season. Looking forward to it. You guys have any more thoughts on kind of the preseason so far? Um, yeah, lots of uh, moves across the league. The free agency, as always in the league, um, is something you have to keep an eye on with the, the player movements. And um, the big one, if Teresa Petrozulio gets some uh, playing time, then she's going to be uh, a great player for Atlanta, no doubt. Because a couple of years ago, when even though she was playing in Cleveland or Toledo, when she was playing there, she was um, so dominant on defense. And uh, really looking forward to seeing her getting some more game time. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. She's... Uh you know, coming into a full season, preparing with the team. You know, she had come on uh, late in the season for Seattle, having that under her belt, and uh, great coaching staff down there in Atlanta. Uh, she could be, uh, you know, a big playmaker and, and definitely someone to watch. Uh. And the final one, just on the fixtures, it's something that uh, Marcus and I have been talking about. It's one that, that he noticed is um, there's a game on June the 25th which could have big uh, playoff implications in the Eastern Conference, and that is. Uh, Chicago versus New England it's New England's third game of the season but prior to that they're not easy games but they're against new teams so uh, one's against Omaha sorry and then they obviously have uh, Austin as well so going into that game uh, against Chicago they could just need a win to see themselves in the playoffs yeah that's a a, a fair scenario there you know no doubt about it a lot of talent there uh, some returning talent you know they don't have as many rookies as some of the new uh, franchises you know them and them in Dallas probably you know brought in the more uh, veteran load but yeah you know if they can get get it done against Omaha and uh, that would be uh, definitely a game you'd see them go 3-0 and if they knock off Chicago that would be uh, very interesting yeah it would blow the Eastern Conference wide open wouldn't it because then there'd be even more meaning to that Chicago Atlanta rematch yeah certainly will I think too for bragging rights that uh, that last game whether Atlanta Chicago are both 3-0 and or you know, Atlanta's three and zero, Chicago's two and one, or the other way around. Atlanta's two and one, Chicago's three and zero. That's going to be one heck of a game and uh, one one important game in the Eastern Conference. 
Um, but yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for bringing everyone up to speed with the news, Colin. As always, it's a pleasure having you on the show, sir. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great uh, rest of your day. Take care. The world's fastest-growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms. Inside the huddle. Every other time they run to the outside, they're getting it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. As it's the preseason show, we want to bring you a breakdown of both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And we start with the Eastern Conference and last year's defeated finalists, the Chicago Bliss Marcus. Big news there, as Colton mentioned in the news, uh, the retirements of uh, Heather Furr and, and Ali Alberts, big losses for that team. Absolutely. I mean, there's lots of uh, losses on all teams, trades going all over the place, but I think there's some of two of the big names because, I mean, they were they were superstars for that bit. Yeah, both on offense and defense. I mean, we know what kind of a receiver Ali Alberts is, but last year, I mean, she was incredible on defense and, and really um, solidified that position. She was became very vocal and very much the captain of that defense the back half of the year. Yeah, and sometimes those those are actually harder to fill than actually positions on the field. The actual just the leaders, the uh, girls who are going to like bark the orders out. Yeah, and again, you had that with, with Heather Fair on on the offense as well, the the true leader of that team as well, both on and off the field. Um, but we come on to the returning players. We obviously have uh, Yashi Rice is coming back for another season. Um, we have Anyeka Inwani, uh, Dina Fagiano, Chantal Taylor. The Ferrari Harris, Dominique Collins, the list kind of uh, goes on there on a plus note. And of course, for me, the big difference maker with his tactics and preparation, Coach Keith Hack will still be the head coach for the Chicago Bliss this year. So whenever you got Coach Hack, I think you're not going to go far wrong. Absolutely not. And that's the idea. It's the core fundamentals are still there. And I think Bliss football is going to remain Bliss football. So don't worry about that, Bliss fans. I think you're still going to be very solid. I mean, as far as the, the, the season goes, I know there's some question marks on a, over a new quarterback. But you know what? Sometimes a new player can come in, completely revolutionise the team. Yeah, and they may have that with Sarah Finn, who looks like she's going to be their starting quarterback. And what we've seen on, on social media, she seems to be very useful. And you know what? I, I think that's going to be a key positive. You know, we're going to see her develop um, and possibly we're going to see her sort of like really eke out a, a sort of position for herself and a sort of a role uh, within the bliss. Maybe she's going to be the one who's going to step up. We never know. Um, me personally, I think I'm going to give the, the bliss this year a rating of Three and one, I think they're going to pretty much win out the sort of division. But I think that Seattle one just could be a, a little bit of an um, an ice slip up there. So I'm going to give them a three and one this year. A three and one record. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. I'm going to let you stick to that. And I'm going to let you give records for all of the teams. And we come on now to... I've got records for all of them. Good yeah. lad. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, Mr. Preparation. Captain Preparation. Uh, we come on now to uh, Lanta Steam. Uh, obviously, they suffered a, a big loss in the conference playoff last year to Chicago Bliss. But what do you make of their 2016 roster? Again, I said this earlier in the news with uh, Colton. 
Now, they've got a huge collection of talent there. Now, just having a talent pool and someone like um, Coach Robinson, who's a great like inspirational leader, it's all got to come together. The mixing pot's got to start stirring up some kind of results, okay? Uh, we saw it last year, easily squashing the, the tame sort of attempts of Omaha Heart. they got to bring it to the table against the big boys. I think, you know, it's going to be this year's really got to sort of make a statement. Yeah, they've got the extra weapons on offence uh, as well as defence in Heather Hudson and Teresa Petrozulio as well, haven't they? And as you mentioned there, their inspirational leader, Coach Robinson, just want to give him a shout out because we know you listen, Coach, so I hope you're having a grand day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but on yeah, his, so on his way to work in the traffic, yeah, exactly. That's it. So, um, coming back to their returning players, obviously Dakota Hughes, Lauren Ziegler, Adrian Brunel, Dina Wojowski, and a couple of players who maybe don't get the press that, that the others do, and that's Alfie Gore and Coco Montgomery. Yeah, they've got some uh, a great depth of players. I think we, we talk about sort of, I think, really the sort of like maybe the big three or four a lot, you know, Hughes, Ziegler, Pernell, Wojowski, they got spoken of a lot last year, but you know what? There's a team that's got real depth. Anyone who actually steps up onto that field is an attacking weapon at any time. Um, all I want to see this year is possibly a better defense, maybe a little bit too leaky at times. Um, but apart from that, that's uh, it's a good Atlanta team. I'm giving them a three on one record this year. That only loss going to be against Chicago because I just think it's a hump that they haven't been able to, to get over. So I've got to give it in favor of the Bliss. Fair enough. We'll come on now then to Omaha Ha um, with their new head coach, Tony Doremus, um, a team of mostly rookies again this year. However, they do have um, Lindsay Noble returning, but not at quarterback, surprisingly. And also they have Sarah Jane Thompson, who was a player I think we uh, we both liked from their squad last year. Yeah, I think they got, you know, some some talent there. And there's, there's got to be something because Mitch has, Mitch has gone over there and he's happy and he's, he's ready to see what they can produce. Still kind of a lot of question marks. I think that's the thing we're getting out of Omaha. It's just we're not really sure about what we're going to get. Um, we saw a couple of years ago, very dominant defense. Um, it was enjoyable to watch. And then we had last year. So I think it's very much up in the air. So we're saying Omaha is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> 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 oh my days did you just do that I think you just did um, I did so what record are you going to give Omaha this year um, unfortunately with just not much uh, in, in the way of something to sort of really excite me to say uh, very very tough Eastern looking conference and you know we're looking at their sort of their, their cross matchups that even even when they're going like uh, across to say the other division, Dallas Desire is their interconference game. I think that's going to be difficult for them. So I'm afraid they're going to come out this year another zero and four. Wow, bad times for Omaha. Let's hope though that they prove uh, you wrong and a because then I get to laugh at you, which I always like doing, and b because it will make the league better if they do come out and be competitive in all of the games. Even if they lose, let's hope they're at least competitive this year. Indeed, we finish our roundup of the Eastern Conference with the new kids on the block the new england liberty and what better way to review a team than with one of its leaders on and off the field jenny mack welcome to the show jenny hey andrew thanks for having me you're most welcome now this is your third season in the league but before we come on to that can you please give our listeners an insight into what got you playing in the lfl sure so like most of the other girls i was an athlete forever you know played soccer and basketball i was a rower in college and uh, in college somebody actually turned me on to the lfl and said jenny this is right up your alley it's a bunch of pretty girls hitting the living crap out of each other you should look into this and um so i was definitely interested 
interested back then. And then I moved to Atlanta a couple years after I graduated and kind of stumbled across the steam on the internet. And then actually did a little stalking, found the coach at the time it was Ray Norell and um, found his email. I'd missed the tryout. So I said, Hey, if you need help with marketing or anything, I just want to be involved. A couple, I want to say months later, I got an email back saying, Hey, come to a practice. So <laughs> that's it just kind of <laughs> snowballed from there. That season, I just, I came in for like the last month of the season as a body to hit and then uh, got signed on with the steam the next season in 2014. So it was a, uh, an interesting introduction, but I couldn't be happier to be a part of it. So what was that, that experience like uh, your sort of first real season? Or I'm guessing that's your first real season of uh, contact football. Yes, for sure. So of course I, you know, basketball and soccer, you would call them contact sports, but football is what I call a collision sport. So that's so different than anything I'd ever done. That first time that you hit or get hit is something that you really can't prepare for mentally or physically for that matter. I do remember one of my first practices just as a practice player. I really, I hit one of the girls and I really messed her up and I felt really bad because I really enjoyed and loved her as a person, but I felt kind of badass. And that (laughs) was something that made me want to stick around for sure. Um, I think I messed up her ribs and separated her shoulder. So I was kind of like, Oh, wow. I am more of a beast than I thought. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I, <laughs> you know, got better and uh, learned how to actually hit without hurting somebody. But uh, again, it's just, it's something unlike anything I've ever tried before. And it, it, once you get the bug, it's, you really can't shake it. I, I just love it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that gets you noticed as well when you injure someone that badly on your first tackle. Um, now, you can't talk Atlanta Steam without, of course, talking about Coach Dame Robinson. If you could sum him up in three words, what would they be? Dedicated intense and let's see perfectionist yeah he really expected uh the highest caliber from us but he was also willing to break things down and really work on the essentials and i think that is what has helped made the uh, make this team so successful uh, is that he really can break it down and bring it back to basics for you and um i think that's a lot of what's been missing with uh, some of the girls who might be really talented in the league, but sometimes we're just missing, you know, basic form tackling essentials and things like that. But he's been really great about teaching everybody those skills. Well, as good coaches should be. Uh, but right. Moving on to um, this season now, uh, you're coming back to your roots, as it were, playing in New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does it feel to be one of the faces and, and more importantly, one of the leaders of a new franchise so close to home? It feels so great. I mean, it's great to be back home. You know, I wanted to move back and be closer to my family. And I was just so excited when they announced that the Liberty was the new franchise. Uh, coming out. So I'm so stoked because all of my friends from, you know, high school and college are reaching out saying, how do we get tickets? How do we get merch? What's your number? I'm going to paint your name and number on me. You know, I've got a lot of family around here. So I'm excited to not only sell tickets, but to have a huge cheering section, not just for myself, but for the whole team. And I really want to take on that leadership role and make sure that I'm a presence, not only off the field, but I want to make sure that this is the strongest season that I have uh, skills wise, as well as, you know, physically. So I'm really trying to work on my body, especially coming back from uh, that little injury in the all-star game, just trying to make sure I'm really getting after it now, getting on the right supplements, getting the right, you know, lifting and training program. So I don't just want to be a face and a leader just for the sake of being one because I'm a vet and uh, have, you know, a hand a handful of fans here and there. I want I want to earn it. So I'm working on doing that. Now, we've heard a lot this offseason about your young quarterback, Alex Drake. Um, just how good is she? I don't want to give too much away, but I have full faith in her. She's also quickly become one of my best friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have nothing but good things to say about her on and off the field as well. Um, I'm really impressed with how she's been able to take command of the offense already. Um, so Mitch, our commissioner, just came out to practice last week and... I was so impressed with her and with the offense, just uh, running back to the huddle, really uh, sort of 
in a militant style. It kind of reminded me of how uh, the steam was run. So it was really good to see that, especially in a rookie quarterback. And her skills are just, I think it's really going to speak uh, for itself, um, her skill and her prowess at quarterback. So I can't wait to see her get out there. And uh, she's played tackle football before too. So I know that she'll be ready to take a hit or, you know, drop a shoulder if need be. Now, as well as Alex, of course, um, you're going to be playing with a lot of rookies this year. So realistically, playing devil's advocate, how far can this team go? Well, we are playing with a lot of rookies, but we're playing with a lot of athletes. And we're also, uh, we have a lot of girls, all of the girls really who have made the top 20 at this point are willing to put in the work outside of practice. And, you know, in the LFL, that's so important because, you know, with everybody's schedules, you can only get you know, a few days of official team practice in. So it's really important to be training on your own, not only lifting, but, you know, getting your skill work in. And all of these girls, it shows every practice. Everybody looks exponentially better every week. And it's just, it's really something to behold. I've, I've never seen anything like it on a team. So I've got full faith in this team. You know, I think at the very least, I think people should expect us to make it to playoffs. We've got a coach who's really expecting nothing less than a championship out of us. And I know that we all expect that out of ourselves as well. So we're going to work as hard as we can to get there and we don't really care for the dark horse in fact I hope we are the dark horse because I think that's all the more exciting to finish off the interview thought it'd be fun to throw in some quick fire questions at you if that's okay sure yeah sounds um, great excellent well we'll start with the first one uh, Patriots or Celtics Patriots 100% who brings more to that Patriots organization then is it Brady or Belichick oh boy I mean I think they're just an excellent tag <laughs> team I think I think Belichick is the one who's molded the entire team but I don't I don't know uh, where we'd be without Tom Brady so it's really hard to say one or the other <laughs> <laughs> fair enough dogs or cats dogs okay the song <laughs> you're so fain relates to which teammate best you're so vain <laughs> yep yep oh god which teammate I don't know. We're not really that bad. (laughs) (laughs) You can use former teammate if you like. I'm going to say she's not on the 20 right now because she's deployed with the Coast Guard, but I'm going to go ahead and say Amber Barrick, and I don't care how mad she gets it. (laughs) (laughs) She played in the league previously as well, didn't she, I believe? She did. She did. I think she played in uh, Cleveland, and I know she played in Jacksonville as well. She was um, was on that team that had the big brawl with us on (laughs) TNT. She wasn't a part of the fight. I, she, she'll get in trouble, but she wasn't. Yeah, so. yeah nobody nobody remembers that. Nobody got punched no. in the face. No, no coaches no. were involved. Nothing happened. There was nothing to no, see there. Definitely not. <laughs> um, your <laughs> favorite football memory is? Uh, winning that 2014 Eastern Conference Championship, for sure. I mean, that was a hell of a comeback and a hell of a game. And wow. I mean, it was right after I'd had... Uh, my Nana had passed away like two days before. So it was just a really crazy moment. I felt like she was there and, you know, pulling for us and... I'll I'll never forget that game. It was it was something else, and that team too. Just that 2014 team was. Um, I'm really lucky that I got to be a part of that. Uh, what is your favorite film? That varies. Right now, I'd probably say Gladiator. Oh, okay, yeah, great choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, epic film. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a little while yeah. to watch it, mind. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm willing to put in the time. <laughs> it gets me really amped. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, which of the uh, fight scenes in particular gets you the most amped? <laughs> it's probably the one where he just slays, like, everybody. I mean, how many how many people is it where he uh, really kind of shows himself and they start calling him the Spaniard? Oh, you know? yeah, okay. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I think I know the one, yeah. That yeah, makes... just, just lighting-ish up, if you will. <laughs> Because the last fight scene is super badass, but makes me really sad. So it's a little different. Course, yeah, just the whole montage that goes with the final fight scene as well. It's just kind of, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, sure. 
Well, you'll be <laughs> you'll be pleased to know that the interrogation is now over. Um, but <laughs> do you have any words for the fans who voted you onto the show? Well, I want to thank everybody who voted for me. Uh, it felt really great to get voted into this, and uh, I mean, I've never seen the poll numbers posted either, so that was pretty cool. Seeing that I had a fair amount of votes, I guess. So I just I'm so grateful to all the fans. And I hope that I make sure that the New England Liberty is going to have a kick-ass season and I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to have a killer season too. And uh, I'm not going to let anybody down. So I'm ready to get going. I'm excited for April 15th. <laughs> I think we all are, definitely. I know myself yeah. and Marcus are as well. Now we're recording the yeah. preseason show as well. It's kind of, yeah, we really want to get into the season and, and see how it unfolds. Now, on behalf of myself, Marcus, and all of our li- lovely listeners, thank you for coming on the show today, Jenny. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to finally meet you guys. LFL Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting, and fan promotion. LFL Mobile. Download on your Android or iPhone. I think it's only fair to start our Western Conference review with the defending champions, the Seattle Mist. Marcus. Man, do they love their spot in Seattle and they've got a great team to support the Mist. Really, I mean, they've got, uh, I mean, a big talking point is going to be the fact that they lost, they've lost Lily Granstam and Megan Hansen and Katie Finling to Temptation. But you've got to see what they've added. I mean, uh, Dominique Malloy. Stage Steinmetz, just some real absolute powerhouses. Yeah, and of course, they've got the big players returning as well. KK Matheny, Danica Brace, uh, Jessica Hopkins um, isn't retiring, which is good for the sport. Um, Stevie Schnorr, Brim Render, Jenna Weiss. Uh, again, with Seattle, the list of talent just goes on and on a bit like Atlanta, doesn't it? They've got so many great players there that we expect them to uh, to have a great season again, don't we? Exactly, because Coach Mokerson, he's going to have his plan. He would have uh, already worked out what he's going to do with the departing players, the people he's brought in to sort of match that talent pool. So I think they're not going to have really much of a problem. I mean, Seattle, as far as I'm looking at it, I think possibly uh, the Western Conference this year might be what you could call the the easier conference. They've got two new teams in it. However, the fact is it's still going to be, you've got to beat who's put in front of you. But I give Seattle a big old 4-0 and this year. Well, you think they're going to go undefeated again in the regular season? Yep. Wow, yeah, fair play. That's a bold, that's a bold statement there. Let's uh, see if it pays off for you. We come on now to the new team of the Austin Acoustic, another team down in Texas. At the moment, no free agent veterans that I'm aware of, Marcus. I think I saw something the other day on social media that they might be bringing in one of the ex-old Aussie uh, players. Even then, that's, that's only one, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what that, that team of rookies do. And I mean, there's a couple of rookies to watch out for on that team in uh, Tashay Winfrey, who... I believe Colton said is going to be their quarterback this year. And also you have uh, Casey Morales is going to be another rookie to watch. But what's your prediction for the Austin acoustic, Marcus? I mean, it's difficult. It's a new team, um, all fresh faces. It's great because we're going to see some some real talent come out of that. And there will be some household names by the end of the year. But unfortunately, it's going to be a tough old year. I've got to go. Oh, and fourth for the acoustic this year. Wow, another 0-4. Oh at least Omaha won't be alone. There'll be two O's. Moving swiftly on <laughs> to the Dallas Desire, who are a new team this year, but they're a team returning to LFL action. They were um, part of its inaugural years uh, as the Lingerie Football League, and they do have some big veterans returning. Yeah, uh, the likes of sort of uh, Daniel Hawkins and Shantae Bunting. Um, it's, it's weird to think that, you know, even a couple of years later, I think, 
the idea of having just someone who understands the atmosphere, the pace of an actual like um, NFL game is going to be invaluable. And we mentioned earlier in the news, they've also got Michelle Angel and uh, Monica Jeremillo from LA coming down to play for them this year. Yeah, nice pairing. I think that's going to really help because they both come from LA. So they're used to uh, each other. Michelle Angel really want to see her development as a quarterback. Uh, I don't think she was given enough time to properly show what she can do in LA. Uh, Monica Jeremillo, uh, being her wide receiver there, hopefully there's a little bit of chemistry. I think that this could, you know, possibly cause some upsets. Um, so I'm going to give these guys a two and two for the year. Yeah, fair play. And just to finish off on those, I think, I know I've said it a few times, but I genuinely believe uh, Michelle Angel is going to be a really good quarterback. Just from, from what I've seen, I, I have no reason to doubt that she's going to be a great quarterback. With the, the right system, just get her with those quick sort of slants and screens, things like that. Use that and then she can still hit the deep bomb over the top. She's going to be a bit like Heather Fur in that respect. People won't think she can throw a deep pass, but then she's going to drop the angel bomb. Not only that, like Heather Fur, she can play a mean bit of safety. Exactly. We finish off the Western Conference with the Los Angeles Temptation, which brings us on to our next guest. Please join me in welcoming one of last year's Legends Cup winners and also one of the best line players in the league, Megan Hansen. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Now, before we get into this season, I just want to say congratulations again on winning the Legends Cup last year. Yes, thank you very much for the accomplishment that was. Absolutely. Now, can you describe to our listeners what that whole experience was like? Um, well, you put in the time and the years and the sacrifices and to get to your main goal at the end is, I don't, I don't have the words to describe it. It's unreal. <clears throat> when you give something your all and to win it all, it's an amazing feeling. Now, of course, after winning the Legends Cup, it has to be said one of the major roles uh, that you, you performed in that. What made you decide to go back and join the, the Los Angeles Temptation? Um, well, it had nothing to do with football, actually. I, um, I left Seattle for personal reasons. I decided that, you know, I wasn't ready to give up football and I decided to play football again with the LA Temptation. That's where I actually started and, um, it was an easy, easy move. Now, you're not the only Seattle Miss player to move out to Los Angeles this year as you're joined by Katie Findling and, uh, Lily Granston. Um, does that help the transition having them there to support if they weren't there, it would have been easy in itself. Um, coach Tui has been a, a great uh, coach to me and friends throughout the years. So, But it's nice, I mean, having some teammates around so I don't get all the fish from the LA girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of, of those teammates. Now, last year, Katie actually described you as the, the team's biggest party animal. Now, what's your response to that? Oh, yes. what? oh boy yeah what do you think to that we kind of we put her on the spot and asked her the question and uh she seemed to think that um, you'd be the last one propping up the bar so well party animal i just i guess you could describe me as somebody that knows to have fun when to have fun and um just to be yourself cut loose when you're not around the game <laughs> i guess now being a part of los angeles means that you now train with the legend that is uh mo gaxiola what's she like as a teammate yeah, and uh, have you had to face a one-on-one in training yet? Uh, no one-on-one training with her. We both play on the line. We actually both went head-to-head against each other for the last three seasons, so a lot of shit-shocking going back and forth there. But once you're a teammate, all of that is subsided, and you come together and you work hard, and there's one main goal there at the end, and that's to get a championship, so... We're, uh, we're good. Now, with all the additions to the roster, including yourself, how far do you see this LA team going? Uh, I say we take it to the very end. Seattle has a great team. Obviously, they have great players, and so does everybody else across the league. 
I don't count LA out because we're hungry and we need to bring it back to LA. It's good to hear that as a Los Angeles fan myself. Now to finish off the... (laughs) Yeah, so I I was over the moon when I saw the additions that they made, including yourself. To finish off the interview, we have a few quickfire questions for you. Okay. Um, What's your favourite Disney movie? Cinderella. Who is your favourite teammate? Teammate, uh, Lily Granson. Okay, so if you have a choice to either catch the game-winning touchdown or force the game-winning fumble, which would you rather do? Oh, nothing more rewarding than force the fumble. That actually (laughs) happened to me. (laughs) Yeah, that was last year, wasn't it? Yes, it was. (laughs) What would be your first football memory? Um, I'd have to say getting screamed at on national television. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, when... uh, Coach Chris had a few words to say to you after the the LA touchdown. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it seemed like a nice, calm conversation. I don't really see why people are making a oh, big it deal. Was very calm, very calm. <laughs> now, having been in Seattle and now um, being back in Los Angeles, I have to ask: Seahawks or Rams? Um, I've never been a Seahawks fan, even though I was up there. I'm actually a Denver Broncos fan. Go Broncos! Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So no, ra- no Rams either. Oh, <laughs> Poor Marcus. He's, Sorry, a, he's a lone Ram fan. Hey. There's a few of us. Now, what would you say is your biggest inspiration? My biggest inspiration would have to be my dad. Growing up, playing sports, him teaching me everything I know about him. He had four boys, but I'm sure he wanted me to be a, be a boy as well. <laughs> but... Definitely him. He's looking down on me right now. Nice. Well, that wraps up our questions for you, Megan. But do you have anything you would like to say to the lovely fans that voted you onto the show? Uh, just a big, big thank you. And I will not let you down. Continue to support and I'll show you some love too. Excellent. Well, on behalf of myself, Marcus and those lovely fans, thank you for coming on the show today, Megan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, guys. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. Focus. Yet ever active. In their community. Film study. Practice. In superb condition. Leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. Are you? Before we bring this episode to a close, I think you're only right, Marcus, that we give our Legends Cup predictions for the year. I know it's a bit early, but we did the same last preseason. Which teams do you see making the final? And before you give those just want to say no pressure because i got it bang on last year so you need to step up but are you going first or second with your legends cup predictions oh won't let me live that down will you oh no especially as i'm wearing the legends cup t-shirt right now (laughs) not that anyone can see this is radio (laughs) (laughs) oh that line sounds familiar but anyway we digress (laughs) i will go first because then you can show me up with your super prediction uh you know what uh, I said earlier that I thought Seattle would go 4-0. and How about 5-0 and and get to the final? Ooh, okay, yeah. And they will be Where facing... they will meet, not just because I'm a fan, but I really think they might do it, Atlanta Steam. Hey, at least we've not got the same prediction. Okay, so you're going for Seattle-Atlanta, which is who you went for last year, I think. 
if I keep going on, if I keep going with this prediction, one day it'll be right. If I keep sticking to the same story, one day it'll come true. <laughs> there you go. Well, strategy. <laughs> I can't really take the Mickey out of you for that because my prediction for this year's Legends Cup final is Seattle versus Chicago. <laughs> Mm, sounds familiar, me think. <laughs> well, again, you know, didn't do me any harm last year. In all seriousness, when you kind of look at the squads, if Atlanta step up and they finally get that win over Chicago, absolutely, whether that be in the regular season, that will kind of set the tone. If they can get over the hump in the regular season, they'll make it to the playoffs. But you just think if they go into the a potential conference playoff game against Chicago, still with that uh, burden on their shoulders... It's going to be very difficult for them to overcome it, I think. Um, but, you know, hopefully they will. We know Coach Robinson is certainly up for the challenge. Spamhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spamhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up for this first show of the 2016 season. All that remains is for me to thank our amazing guests, both Jenny Mack and Megan Hansen. Of course, our lovely listeners for voting for both of those guests. I'd also like to thank our producer, Mark Taylor, from Spamhead Productions. And finally, my Wicked Cool co-host, Marcus Henson. It's all good, guys. It is good to be back. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at BullHawksNest, at Adri Mallows, and at Marcus underscore innuendo. Our shows are available on the LFL 360 website. That's www.lfl360.com. And if you click on the radio link, you will have this show and all of our past shows. Our shows are also available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by.